FM 89 now presents Outside the Box, featuring top stories, transfer news, rumors, and the latest news in the world of football. Now let's welcome our hosts, Rashid, Zidane, and Stephen. Brilliant! Good morning again and welcome to another Outside the Box. My name is Christopher Zidane Matthews, and as usual, I'm here with Rashid Parchment and Stephen Stanberry. How are you doing, gentlemen? Not bad. I'm, I'm doing good. You're doing good? Yeah. The team can't win a match. You're going to have for Arsenal. <laughs> but lots of things to discuss. But before before I go into it, let's, let me just remind you that the show will be available on as a podcast on iTunes. If you search the iTunes store for Outside the Box podcast, it's available. It's also a podcast. It's also available on Player FM app for Android users. So if you miss the show, you can find it there. And if you have to run out, you know you can get you can go go to those options and get the show as well. But um, some interesting things happened over over the weekend, and I think the biggest news outside of of um, the, the analysis of a, a football match, the biggest news would have been Lionel Barcelona superstar. The biggest news would be Sepp Blatter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're in Zidane's words, the biggest. Yes, news. Well, yes. Uh, it, it's it, it's not a surprising news. You know, it's not a surprising news. <laughs> Sepp Blatter. <laughs> We expected this eventually. It was inevitable that clearly so many things surrounding FIFA in terms of in terms of the um, irregularities and it, it must have involved said that at some point he was the president and, and when the secretary as they, they have investigated him, then they clearly it, it couldn't have passed and said better. So you may be right. That is probably the biggest news, but it's not surprising. But Barcelona for Lenemis is out for several weeks and and. This is now the time for Neymar to shine. Um, how do you think the Barcelona team will react um, to, to, to losing their, their, their best player, their most influential player, for such a long period of time? Well, it's time for, you said Neymar to step up, but I think it's time for Suarez to step up too. We also need Rakitic to chip in, chip in with the goals. Probably Barcelona should probably change shape to accommodate Messi's loss. Probably go uh, maybe 4-4-2. What, what do you think about that? No, I don't think Barcelona will go four four two. I think they will play the, the same. I think they have some youngsters they will want to bring in. Stanberry, you're you're a Spanish league man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you're not a Spanish. I'm league a Real Madrid man. <laughs> so what's what's your what do you think will will happen to to um Barcelona? What well, do you think they need to do to to ensure that they don't um suffer because Lionel Messi will be missing for 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 seven or eight weeks? The good thing about it, they won't have Real Madrid to play during that time. They have some Champions League fixtures and some other La Liga fixtures. But I think they have the, the squad. I don't think they have the depth to, to cope if they have some big matches because we know they're um, having some injury crisis and Turan cannot play until January, even though we heard some rumours that FIFA might allow him to play before that. But that won't happen. But I think they have some good young players coming through the youth system who can step in and do the job for Lionel Messi. You mentioned Rakitic. I don't think Rakitic will contribute, won't step up in the goal-scoring department. That's that's not in his nature. All right. Well, I, th- I think they should be okay based on, when you, see, when you see the amount of money they paid for Neymar and Suarez, because look at it this way. If you should, say, remove Oscar and, uh, let me see, Pedro, yeah, and replace them in the Chelsea team with Suarez and Neymar, they will be unstoppable. Yeah, true. Do the same at Manchester United. 
So these two players are top, top players, top four or five players in the world. So you're losing Lionel Messi. What this does is bring them closer to the pack. But you're still amongst the best team. So all they have to do is just step up their game and in terms of the attacking and, and they, will, should be, they should be okay. Yeah, and I think they'll bring in um, Sandra Ramirez and Hill Adadi. Um, from the youth system, they're in the first team, so those two should come in and do the job. Well, won't score goals like Lionel Messi, <laughs> but they will come in and contribute one and two goals for the next two months. And you know, you have a lot of um, Neymar fans who sometimes, when I watch games with them, they, they cuss Lionel Messi and say that he's too selfish and sometimes he must allow Neymar to get some of these free kicks and sometimes he should pass more to Neymar instead of opting to dribble or whatever. Now they will get the opportunity to see their player getting lots and lots of balls and he would be the man to, to do the thing. You get all these free kicks and all of these things and I saw he, he, he got a penalty yesterday yeah. and, and, he, and he missed. So I hope the Neymar fans saw that. <laughs> so, so they need to be careful. Be careful of what you wish for. So let's see. Uh, he, he will, pressure will be on him now to deliver. Remember Messi's record at free kicks and penalties isn't that good either. In recent times? I think I saw statistics. Where he, um, missed, he has missed three penalties so far this season. Referring to the free kicks, I think he has scored only two of 77. In his career? Yeah. That's For league, true. in the La Liga. That's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> so most of his goals from open play, unlike Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. who scored a lot of penalties and free kicks. I don't think that statistic is accurate, though. It can be. Two free kicks score from... With that great technical ability of him. I, I doubt it. I, I'm not sure about that. But his penalty record for um, Argentina is fantastic in these big games. I remember Holland in the World Cup semi-final. Cool. Yeah. I started to him. Um, which other game was it? In the Copa America, they went to penalties. They went to penalties twice, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, and he scored both of his. Um, they won one of the games. But then they lost. And then they lost the other one. And he scored yeah. as well. So, he's very calm. He's very cool. And, if people say he doesn't play well under pressure, I think do, I think free throws in basketball where the game is on the line, where everybody's settled, everybody's waiting on you, that is the biggest pressure, the single moment in a game, basketball. And so it's penalty in a big final or semi-final. You are alone, it's up to you. The pressure is, and he has never choked. So, again, I don't know about that. But let's move now to um, the FIFA president. But, but what interesting to, is interesting to me is that Michel Platini name is being mentioned in this it's no surprise yeah. to me uh, well, no because the way Platini Platini act as if he's innocent he's, he's innocent he's yeah. clean and Maradona said something the other day right? right there are so many people coming forward and, and linking Platini to, to Pele right, not to, to set Blatter right no, but now. we know they were close friends at one time yeah. and it, leading up to the election the last time Platini said to him that it's time as a friend I'm telling you it's time to step aside <laughs> and let <laughs> yeah. somebody else lead maybe, so, the, maybe he knew something was coming yeah but he's himself in the problem now no, so because even when, even when Platini stepped up as UEFA president it was really said that he was just there learning, learning the ropes to become FIFA president one day to take over from Blatter because they said Blatter helped him gain that position all right, no, somebody have to tell us why you say you're not surprised about Michel Platini. No, I just said because I know they're friends and they were very close at one point. So it's not surprising that his name is being called right now. No, but I can be a friend, someone friend and not necessarily involved in... in, in yeah, but <laughs> remember, you know, what they're being investigated for is it said that Blatter made some disloyal payments, payments. to Platini. What's that about? That's a good Wait, question. Where it said, um, when's the last election? Not not recent, not the one before. before. The one before. Yeah, P 
paid Sepp Blatter paid him some money in order for him not to challenge him for the presidency of FIFA. So that's what they reported. Oh, interesting. Uh, that that would be difficult to, to, to prove, but these people, it seems as if they have all the information in it. But you see, when, 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 you, when you hold on to people and you have um, the, the, the evidence, um, they, will, they will talk. And I think the, the persons who they, they, they held on to first, they're yeah. talking. And Valke is talking as well. Yes, indeed. So, so <laughs> a, a lot of chirping is going on. It's going to be an interesting next it's four It's going to be an interesting few weeks. And I, I was surprised. I wonder why it took this long for them to, to come out and say, we have something on, on Sepp Blatter. And because no one will take. Well, it's how the FBI in investigates. You know, they, they watch you and watch you and watch you and let you dig a hole. And then when they have insurmountable evidence, that's when they come forward. Um, in terms of um, extradition, what, what's the relationship we like with Switzerland and, and the United States? They don't <sighs> sign any. They can't extradite him from Switzerland. I'm not too sure that goes. I don't think so, you know. I, do, I, I, I think they are, um, unlike Jamaica, where once the evidence is, is there and they send the extradition request, then they're ob- obligated to sign it. Yeah. I don't think that's the case with Switzerland. So I think if Sepp Blatter have a good relationship with the remember, the remember, right up um, before the news broke of the whole drama, corruption scandal, uh, they were gathering in FIFA for the in Switzerland in Zurich for the elections, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's when they extradited a couple of them to the United States. Yeah. Um, so you're saying it's possible that that's no, his no. name again, even the Concacaf. Jeff well, Webb, former president. No, he, yeah. that wouldn't be an extradition because he he wasn't a Swiss a Switzerland citizen. He was there for the FIFA, so they did it strategically. So they are they went there because well, they use the term extradition. Well, they they, they, they arrested him and brought him to America. <laughs> I don't know if they extradited him, but so so I think they did it. They were smart in, in the way how they, how they did it. And but I think if if you are an Switzerland national. I, didn't, I don't think they could just come to the country and then say, we're going to arrest him and take him yeah, back to America. Yeah, because I know Swiss laws are different. Yes, so, yeah. so it's a bit different. So I think they did that. They, they were smart about it. And they, it's well, it's, I think they are strategic in how they are going about getting rid, rid of or getting a hold of the, the persons of, that are of interest to them. So they're doing a pretty good job. You know what's ironic? I, I remember leading up to the election again, Louis Figo, the yeah. Portuguese legend, he came to the CONCACAF summit to, to speak to the representatives and he said he was prevented from speaking only Sepp Blatter alone right. was allowed to talk and see everything just <laughs> <laughs> coming full circle now so I wonder what's happening in the Caribbean region especially regarding this whole Sepp Blatter because I know the Caribbean is a loyal supporter of Sepp Blatter not just Carib- the Caribbean but Africa as well and for the same reason that <laughs> you, you, you know when I was <laughs> one world comes <laughs> the, yeah. you know when I was suspicious about Sepp Blatter because I know he has a big ego when he resigned. Yeah. When, when, he, when he announced that he will resign. And so soon after, after winning. After winning. I believe Prove that a point. I, yeah. I, yes, I can win again. again. Yeah. But, but, but what I, I believe that really happened is that somebody told him that, listen, they have some serious evidence against you all. So you need to walk away. Because being the president of the FIFA, you would have to travel, you know. And I think Seplata is very afraid of traveling. Well, there. yeah, remember he didn't even go to the Women's World, World Cup, Cup final but in see, Canada. What I realize, I think the, the ethics committee should have suspended him as well because they suspended Jerome Valke. Right. But yet Seplata is still the He's president of FIFA, so they should have suspended him as well. And somebody control the day-to-day operations for FIFA until the investigation is over. 
All right, so st- legendary. Is he the most um, famous um, sports president? You know, Seth Blatter. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. He has been um, there so long and and so so much controversy surrounding him, and it's the most popular sport in the world. So that would help as well. He's like a head of state, really. He gets the same treatment. <laughs> same controversy around him. And he has a hand in the... Well, he had an, an, a hand in the um, IOC, the International Olympic Committee as well, but he stepped away from that earlier this year because of the scandal as well. Yeah, um, Jack Warner, <laughs> I read something the other night somewhere is that the process, because there, there's a long process because Jack Warner can appeal, so... They will look at the matter first. Yeah. Um. The extradition. They will look at the matter and they will look at the FIT. And then, after they, they do that, now if they decide to sign it, then Jack Warner can appeal after that. And then I think that will they say that that will take some time. And then he has a second appeal after right. that again. So his lawyer was saying I heard somewhere that it possibly could take years before. And that's Jack my, Warner is smart. That's my <laughs> issue with this. These are all old men. But, but <laughs> what what the issue is now? A small country. Relative to USA, like yeah. that, can they take the pressure for USA wanting a citizen and they are denying them? Because you know the, the situation in Jamaica, for yeah. where they threaten us that oh they're gonna close down the, the, the this and close down the that. Right. So I wonder if they maybe say I'm going to pressure this country. We need this man, Jack Wanna. This man is corrupt. So I don't know, but Jack Wanna is 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 not giving up so easy. <laughs> He's <laughs> fighting very hard. But Warner has also digged him, digged himself a, a big hole because. He's made so many enemies over in Trinidad politically. So it maybe maybe they won't have any issue turning him over to the US if they want. Alright, let's see. But I want to say something early before we go to the break that what I want I want the Barcelona fans. The Waganis. Because a lot of Barcelona Real Madrid fans, they are Waganis, you know, because they are so very successful. I want them to call us and tell us what will Barcelona do since they will this is the longest they probably misled and messy. And the numbers, so and that is not after that is about after nine thirty or so. The numbers are one eight eight eight. So you write them down. Let me go slow. One eight 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 nine nine one five five two seven. Did you say line one eight 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 nine three five 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 two seven? So that's after nine thirty. You can call us and talk to us about the situation that Barcelona find themselves in right now. But we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another Outside the Box. My name is Christopher Zidane Matthews, and I'm here Rashid and Stanberry, as usual. I just said Rashid and point, I'm pointing and Stanberry, <laughs> I don't know why. But we, Good we thing is ready and nobody can, can see. Yeah. Yes, um, so we're going to discuss some, for the first time on the show, we will discuss some local football, local Premier League. And we have Clyde Juridini online. No one knows, or not, not many people knows local football like this man. He's general manager for Harborview Football Club and he's the PLCA secretary. So how are you doing Clyde? Not too bad. Good morning Zilan. Good morning Stephen. Good morning all your guests yes. and to the public listening in. Good morning. Morning, morning. Morning, morning Rashid. So uh, uh, Rashid we want to throw the first question, the question to you and he, he was Should the one. I run ahead? No man. I'm coming <laughs> with some big questions about Harborview shortly. <laughs> All right, so so we're, we, we've been having this discussion in the office a lot about what football needs to develop here in Jamaica. And many times we're talking about the surfaces, that how we play is affected by the surfaces. Do you see this as a big hindrance to Jamaican football? And if not, what do you see as other problems or other main problems? Well, it is one of the many problems that we see. It is also 
one of the many things that I think help our skill level. Um, I think we have to look at Jamaica's football generally um, from a point of view in what we have, what we can develop, and what and where we need to go overall. Many times we get um, clouded with looking at what our shortcomings, and there are many. And if we keep focusing on just the shortcomings, we're going to end up short. I think we, we, we should look at it from all sides. And as you're starting now with, with the fields, that is a major issue because it, it helps the players and the game look, look more attractive and easy flowing in the ball as a simple, consistent and even role. It means that the players, coaches and the tactics of the teams, not just the players, can be executed without hindrance from the, the atmosphere, and the atmosphere in this case being the football field in, in and of itself. You'll see the, the um, international leagues play with slick surfaces and the ball rolls and continue rolling. So the timing and the weighting of passes are measured not just by your touch, but by the feel or the touch of the surface that puts it into a part or into space because football is all about exploring spaces. The two more, most important spaces are the goals, those two physical spaces, but the physical space of 110 by 70 as a normal football field is at this level um, is really about space and not so much about skill. The skill really helps to, to get you to conquer the space. So the space is the important thing. So the better quality of surface there is, is the better you can explore spaces and multiple spaces more often. So that improves the quality of the game. We in the developed countries of the world, and Jamaica being amongst these in Jamaica and the Caribbean, the third world, quote-unquote, so to speak, has surfaces that we grew up on, roads, tracks, little dirt pitches that we learned extraordinary skills from. I myself learned on the original compound field that was full of stone, and we learned a few things. One, when the ball comes to you, you control the ball before the surface controls the ball. When you dribble or when you move the ball along the surface, you have to be more skillful because you have the opponents, the pace of the game, the tactics around you, and you have a surface to contend with. So it develops your concentration. We play scrimmage. Small space, tight space is very aggressive in nature in how we play, and we tend to play as little boys against bigger boys. Um, and that also develops your competitiveness. These are parts of the football culture that now the developed world is taking into account and realize that these variables are why the, the Africans, the Asians, and the, the um, Afro-Americans and the Caribbean players have more skills, more speed, and more agility because they develop these things naturally in unnatural surfaces not going into academies, not going into slick services, not going into tailored and coached environments, but you live by your wits. You think in the moment, you create, and you do it with mental speed and speed of body and skill, that skill set you develop in these adverse conditions. So it helps as well. And the developed world is trying to get this balance. That way they can produce a, a messy or name or they have to go to South America and the storage and Raheem Sterling's come from the Caribbean. And of course, they proliferation of African players 
that they have to go out of their domain because these are unnatural services and areas and competitiveness that they develop as natural skills from early days without being taught. All right, Clyde, I've seen um, schoolboy football field, fields, one in particular. Um, it is never in a bad condition or a poor condition. What do you think the clubs need to do to maintain? Because sometimes at the start of the season, when there's not a, a drought like the situation we have now, mm-hmm. the fields are, are pretty decent, but uh, yeah. after a period of time, it, it just look poor. And what yep. do you think the clubs need to do to maintain um, a high standard of, of the field throughout the season? There's only a few ways you can maintain it. And even that one school that you mentioned, and if it's a school in Kingston, I've yes. seen that service this year, and it's way below par. And it's usually it's because the drought is severe. Mm-hmm. And the drought is severe in a geographical region of Kingston and St. Andrew. And, mm-hmm. and I've seen even the, the Clarendon-based um, fields this yes. season, and they look awful. Mm-hmm. But the western and northern side of the island have been getting good rain. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the drought is wanting. Yes. There are a few ways that that can be done. You can have two or more fields, mm-hmm. and you can rotate the fields, and you, can, you have to implement um, a budget and persons who care for the field on daily maintenance, in, as well as experts who know when to treat the field, what to do, how to care for it, and to keep the fields watered, maintained, and, and up to par. But there's no field that's going to look good if it doesn't get rest, watering, mm-hmm. the nutrition it needs, much like the player. And, and you have multiple fields. Most of the, the um, football venues in around the urban areas don't have multiple fields to play on. And, and you'll see that even more evident with the school fields mm-hmm. because there's PE plus all the multiple activities around the fields. And you see it at the clubs with the extreme drought or the fields like at Harborview where you, know, you only have one field in the entire community. And there are nine football teams within the Harborview Football Club alone. And one surface just can't take that load. So, so there has to be a budget. There has to be the knowledge of how you care for the field. There has to be field rotation. There has to be multiple fields. And there has to be the, the awareness that the field is the most important surface. And w- none of the clubs have been ever able to get a feel of the quality of what the national stadium is. And still, international clubs and countries come here and complain bitterly, particularly the U.S., about the quality of the surface at the national stadium. And that's our best field in Jamaica. Mm. All right, just to change gears a bit, we, 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 we were talking about fields and, uh, and what we need to do to improve them, but mm-hmm. it comes to funding as well. And a lot of these clubs don't have the funding. So when you look at things from a marketing perspective, how can clubs market themselves better to, to generate the revenue they need to improve the facilities? That's, that's a perfect question. The, 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 the perfect answer, I think, for that is simple. There needs to be an awareness by the corporate companies that the investment in clubs, football and sports marketing should be a correlation and, and some serious partnerships um, with, for instance, the, the easy look is at the 12 Premier League clubs. Um, should one corporate company, call any name that you wish, just, just to use a corporate name. Grace right. Kennedy, let us say, who is one of our club sponsors. Um, Who's that? Grace Kennedy. Okay, yeah. Should they come in and their main um, criteria for football development in this country at one of the 12 Premier League clubs was to develop not just fields. Fields go hand in hand with infrastructure. Fields, seating, media box, 
um, press box and the, the, the whole infrastructure that goes around providing a football venue of international level, right? Yeah. And if that is done with the requisite um, additional infrastructure, the things that go under the ground that nobody cares about but cost so much, but you see them when they pop up, lighting, the, the, the cost of a, of a pump um, for making, making a well that feeds and keeps this field watered and nourished throughout. Those are important things. The electricity bill, that is a killer for all the clubs and the stadium. That is what is needed, that that basic in, um, input into infrastructure can be partnered with, and there can be arrangements around marketing, around social media, around streaming, around broadcast rights, that the investors, partners in clubs can share in, in the long term, that the vision is made that we, in my view, get rid of the business house football league, that is a casual league that has taken a lot of resources, and put it seriously into serious football development <laughs> and partner clubs with the, the, um, the, the corporate bodies. Right. And then the secondary league, which becomes a casual league, that Premier League players don't exhibit themselves in second or third tier competition, but people pay to come and see them play, and they focus on primarily in the Premier League that they get visibility in a professional environment because what we have doing now is, is we keep twisting our football model in Jamaica. So we pay um, a business house player more than he pays at a Premier League yeah, for two right. or three months. And he gets carried away with it. And he thinks he doesn't have to perform like a, a, a professional player or above that level because he's not being paid that True. amount. And so he loses. And if you look at the amount of young players who leave schools, who go into business house, whose careers end at 23, 24, and 25, because their vision is to get paid. And so they get paid for two or three months in business house, and they think that is it. But that is not it. That's the beginning of it. But the, the business house football and the football administrators has bought in to the short-term glories. Similarly, we do it with the high school football, and we tell the players that great young player, and they are satisfied with that. Great young players, the starting of the mode, it's not the ending of the mode, and so they don't go much further. And we tell them that there are great young players, and they go on scholarships to the U.S. and wherever, and they get the education. Fortunately, a lot of them go into careers in and out of football as a lifetime career, and that's good. But mentally, they think they have arrived. Mm -hmm. And so they, they don't put their head into continued development or high-quality development or a long-term career, and we are selling ourselves short. All right, my next question to you is, I have an idea I just wanted to throw out. What if the corporate companies, these big companies, we see marketing every day and they have these big national pl uh, plans in action to, 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 drive, to drive interest to their products? What if they come and, in terms of franchising, create some franchises and then they, they change the whole structure of marketing in clubs in terms of... Uh, not in terms of uh, merchandising of, of club, club gears and jerseys, Cops, all these things. Do you think you could change the culture of football in Jamaica and, and drive more interest? It must. Clyde, it, it, think, it must and it has to. Clyde, one second. Think about it. We have to have. A, we have to take a break. We'll be back. Okay. All right. Welcome back to Outside the Box. And if you're just joining us, so I'm here as usual, and my two friends, Stanberry and Rashid, is here. And we have Clyde Jurdini, of course, on the line. We have been discussing the local Premier League and. What can be done to develop the football in Jamaica is the generous 
general manager of Harbour View and secretary of the PLCA. Clyde, you were saying? Yeah, um, we were discussing what again in the last scenario? In terms of marketing merchan- club merchandise, yes. changing the whole scope of that. Right. Do- those things has to be a part of a bigger plan, right? We have to start by our football federation and start with captain. I tell him this all the while. You can't have the head of your football federation keep saying that professionalism is overseas and not in Jamaica. And we do that, as we are doing now, when we go and skirt the, the hills and the valley, the streets and the lanes, the gutters and the back rooms of every British base person who has a Jamaican person in his background. And, and we bring them in willingly and we subdue the Jamaican talent that is right here, that we look on and scoff at. What we are doing is not only acknowledging that the overseas players have professionalism, but they are better, better. in every way than the local players. That's not true. Not true by a country mile, right? And we need to give a fair chance and we need to recognize what is at home. What we are doing worse with our broadcasting and our culture is saying that they Spanish League, the British League, the, the MLS, every league internationally that we see on TV is the only professional leagues in the world. And we compare their resources with our resources, and then we kiss our teeth, so to speak, at the Jamaican League players, etc. But it's Jamaican management of Captain Burrell, who has been there for the last, what, 24 years? Right? And Horace Reed before him, and many other Jamaicans that are the basis and the ongoing things where the national coaches come and go. Right? And it's the same thing we did with the athletics for decades until we woke up and said, But we send these players overseas to America and they do well, but can't we do well at home as well? So we develop international, we develop locally. We're coming to that slowly in Jamaica, but we need to get there. And in the investment in merchandising, marketing, and the same thing with the partnering that we spoke about before with the corporate companies, they can be invested in here in Jamaica, and they can reap the same benefits, and the benefits can be kept in Jamaica and reinvested, and it will grow, just like how the British Premier League in the early 90s when they started. Had no fields, were snow-covered fields, had awful look on pitches, and they kept on investing in themselves. Now they are the leaders in the world. That's how things grow. You have to invest in yourself, and you have to believe in yourself while you learn from others in the interim, but not forever, and not for a lifetime. All right, Clyde, um, where to start? So many burning issues. All right, speaking to a number of players when I'm putting together the player profile for the Red Stripe Premier League. A yes. lot of them said they got involved in football at the age of 12, 13. Yes. Now, looking overseas as our benchmarker, you look at a lot of players that said they start playing at 5, 6, 7 through various academies. Right. And I know a lot of local clubs don't have any academies, but I know you're doing something out of Harborview where right. on weekends or sometimes after school, especially in the summertime, you have things going on. Right. What needs to be done from a local perspective for all the teams? Do you think every club in the Premier League should have an academy to help these youngsters from an early age going up? Because we see the problem where every time a World Cup qualifier comes around, we go on this massive recruitment drive overseas for players who you mentioned have a Jamaican background. Yeah, 
Um, well, those things that you mentioned should all be done, Stephen, in addition to what was discussed before, the, the formalization of a franchise. The franchise already exists, you know. The franchise are the football clubs. We are all franchises. Has been and will continue to be, right? But when you merge those partners, corporate partners with them, then they must be given additional responsibility. Every Premier League club should have a nursery, not a school. Not a school that invests their time and then you siphon off the school and you start not just at 12, Stephen, but you start at 17, 18 when these players are leaving school. Because what you're doing is, is letting the school do the basic work and you're piggybacking on them. You have to invest before, invest deeply, invest more, and set up structures that when the school's September to December term in football finishes, the clubs continue before, during, and after. So you expand and you partner with schools, you partner with business houses. None of those entities are going to develop players on the world. The club is the only entity that has a legitimate worldwide right that when you transfer a player, you get physical and financial returns from them. And that has to come because the resource is what we are short on. And these must be managed, organized, reinvested and marketing with people of a business acumen, which is a corporate body, who can then look to get into competitive marketing, merchandising, branding, broadcast rights, sell them, get more, invest more into the club, and the company and the club and local football grows. And then, when we have the Usain Bolts of football coming from locally, no more will we run next door just to get any and every player to play, because the world will be saying, but... Usain Bolt and you and Blake are there in your football domain. But it has to come with awareness across the board and a, a meaningful mindset to invest in our own and not to tell the world that we are not good enough by leaving out you and Gray for, for years and then going overseas and anybody who plays on the right side can come and play. <laughs> not fair. Not fair at all. All right. Thank you very much, Clyde Giordini. Wonderful okay. discussion there. Um, good analysis, good observation. And we will talk again because the season is a long season and there will be things that we need to discuss. So no thank problem. you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All the best. Yes. All right, cheers. That was Clyde Druidini, General Manager of Harborview Football Club and the Secretary of the PLCA. Well, that, that was an interesting um, discussion with Clyde Druidini. There, You asked some very, very good questions. Um, Rashid and he confirmed some thoughts I've been having for a while <laughs> <laughs> I saw you celebrated when he yes. agreed with you some I, I wonder what, what you were thinking <laughs> at the time <laughs> yes it, it, it was, it's some of the things that it were obvious that, obvious that he, he, he was saying um, and the, the thing with the field I have always said it before that some of the Premier League teams they don't train every day Right. Arsenal doesn't train on Emirates Stadium every day. No, they have they have their no, separate yes. yes. grounds for training. Have separate. Their different, their yes, because uh, and Arsenal has London uh, Colney, mm-hmm. Chelsea has as I don't remember the name of Chelsea. Cobalt. Liverpool has as Melwood. Yes, right. So so you you can't and, and he's right. You have so many different teams and they all play matches and all train on the same. And you have to remember right. sometimes the schoolboy. Um, fixtures they are there use right. the same field and, as and, well. and the reason why they do that is because of money because they get paid when people use their field mm-hmm. because yeah. th- they want the cash so if the if money is coming in then they can decline when people come and ask to use their field to overwork the field right so or, you, or you could even set up a separate a separate lo- ground 
to have them train on and, and, and that, rent it out as well. That, that comes down to money again. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's very, very difficult in Jamaica. So but for us to ask our first-class facilities, it, it won't happen anytime soon. I can tell you that. But I think even the whole academy business um, from the JFF perspective, to me, well, whatever they're doing at, at UA doesn't make sense because to my knowledge, the academy is, in football terms, is where you have some youngsters going, growing up um, right. from six, seven, eight, nine, ten enrolled and they have a curriculum to, to help with their schoolwork as well as right. um, teach them the, the knowledge about football. And they're taught football academically as well. No, to my knowledge, that won't happen because the University of West Indies is a university. Right. So I don't think they're going to put children up there True. to... to learn the arts of football and stuff like that. But I think we need to find a location to have an academy. Probably you can spread it three across the island in the three counties, Cornwall, Middlesex and Surrey. And I think with the league, we should have a two-tier league and stick to that. Right. In order for us to aid in development, find a two-tier league system. You have the top division and then below that, and then we we'll work with that in order to help in development of football locally. Definitely agree. Yes, but, but one, one thing I think we could do right now, and not really right now, but it, it's more logical going forward in, in the next few years to get at least four high-quality fields, that's four mini-stadium, where they wouldn't be owned by any club. Just stadium, just, just not mini-stadium, just stadium. Just stadium, the stadium. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, the, the stadium is, the field is in... Um, when you take, in, take into consideration the drought, the field is in very, very good condition. Yeah. But that is because that's the Stadium East. Mm-hmm. So we need more Stadium East. So Cavalier, they use Stadium East as, as their home field. And, well, and, and other people get to use it. But so we need more of those. So, so we can have at least four of those in the Not country. just that we need them, but we need to place them in strate- strategic yes, locations strategic where strategic, yeah. so many other teams it's across the island can, can travel to them with relative ease without having, having to go... V- various miles to get to them exactly because right now i'm not seeing we have a lot of clubs in germany and uh, when when one one get re- or two get relegated yeah two new teams come up. so if you if you say unless you're going to go franchise um if, if you say um these current what 10 teams in the league 12? 12 12 12 teams in the league if all of them have good figures and good stadium now then two get relegated maybe the next five years Six other teams that are that is that are currently in the league are gone. Then six different teams now they f- they feel it's poor. So what you need is, as I said, right. put them strategically. But uh, and then that would be the quick fix right now. That's what I'm I'm seeing. But good, you can join us now and you can get into the Premier League with us. <laughs> so if you want to call us, the numbers we're getting into the Premier League to Bramble Chelsea Stanbury. Hold on, one eight 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 nine nine one five five two seven. Or one eight 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 nine three five 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 two seven overseas callers one eight seven six nine six eight five zero zero five or six Manchester City make me lose my money yesterday <laughs> lost to Tottenham four one at White Hart. You know Manchester City normally destroy this team. What took place yesterday early morning? I got I got up late, so I only got to see the second half. What happened in, in the first half? I heard that t- t- Manchester City had the majority of the possession and was looking like the team and looked like they were no position though in football matches. Yes, but they were leading. They were leading. What, what happened? What happened? What happened with that um, controversial goal? Uh, it, it looked no, you see, you see, ironic, you know, ironic, you know. Kevin De Bruyne's goal was offside as well. 
So there are actually three offside goals right. in the game. De Bruyne, well, the the goal, the whatever led to Dyer's goal in the end of the first half. Kyle Walker was offside, so, right? But um, Dyer took the well. shot from way outside the box. And, so, and, mm-hmm. and um, the, the cross, the initial, the first, the cross from Walker. They dealt with that. Yeah, and then he came back. That was the offside. Yes, the, the, the Walker was offside. Yeah. Yes. But City, City should have dealt with it. Exactly. And I think it was just poor. What this shows is that City bench players are not good enough. Right. Because Willie Caballero, he's not good enough. Um, he made some poor mistakes, especially from the corner. Um, he was off his line when... Yeah, when, when this... That was the, the Dutch guy. Was no, the Belgian. Alderweireld. Yes, Alderweireld. That, that, that <laughs> header. Yeah. He came out and, and hesitated. Didn't do anything. Um, what else? Came in the midfield, um, the Brazilian, Fernando. Fern- not Fernandino. Fernandino has been having a good start to the yeah. season. But Fernando, the other one that they signed last summer, he was poor as well. Otamendi was poor. Demichelis was poor. It was just a poor, poor performance. And it showed it's that they missed Vincent Company. It's also a matter of City not rotating in the bench enough because these players on the bench, and they are good players, but when they come in after so long out of playing, they, they, they lose form because Caballero, I've known him in Spain for Malaga. He was a brilliant goalkeeper there. He came over and he was hardly playing. And now he's, his form has run completely cold. And that, that mistake he made on Alderweireld's goal, that's something you see for a man who hasn't been, was, was desperate for playing time. Well, let me tell, let me tell well, you. Well, you won't be getting any more <laughs> after this. <laughs> let me tell you this. Ah, we'll, we'll, we'll take a break and we'll, we'll come back after this. Alrighty then, we are back, we are back. And remember, it's your time to join us. one 991 or 1-888-935-557. Overseas callers, one 5005 Four, six. Deep this deep squad thing. Let me tell you how it works. You ensure that you have good enough players for when your wing back is out. You you ensure that the, w- the reserve wing back is close to him. Right. But when you lose five six players at a given time, they, they can't help you. They, if at the <laughs> next team is fully fit fit, mm-hmm. they's go- they're going to hurt you because you're you're you don't have Enough. The egos of good players are too big for you to have world class players starting and world class players on, on the, the bench. bench. Right. So so don't once you have a plethora of injuries or injuries combined with with, with, with um suspension, a team on their day with uh, which is at full strength will hurt you. So I don't don't get behind this to this thing about you have, a, you have a deep squad and this and that. It don't work because as good as the Brian has been playing and scoring, he's no David Silva. He can dictate the tempo of the game and and run the game like a David Silva. Well, it's two different players, but two different play, style of play. But yeah. he's in in for David Silva. But we have calls online. All right. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Yes, I'm all right. Yes. Um. Well, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, my team, Manchester City. Um, yes. Well, at first I must say that I like all them going on thus far in the in the, in the Premiership. Manchester you know, City. We, yes, Manchester City. City. Yes. You know we we have we have the depth in the team, we have the players, but I don't know why. And 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 um, whenever we we touch the European circuit, we can't seem to really do it. You know. 
So, so, so now the team looking like a, a, a English Premier League bully, but we know we're better than that. Well, in terms of individual, I think the squad is is pretty good, but I, I can't I can't understand what is happening, boss. I I, re, I, re, I really don't. I can't explain it. Not even me can explain it. I, I think for 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 when they were when Mancini was the coach, mm-hmm. I believe that the players were, were, were it was a bit new and the club was a bit new. For them, but they have been there a while now. And but to be fair to them, do you know? We know Mancini is a very good defensive coach because he plays the no. Italian way. So. Who, who did they, they, they face last season? They went they went through to the second round for the second time. In Barcelona, they, yes, and they faced Barcelona. That was a tough Barcelona. Eventually went on to win the treble. That is a damn good team. And yes. this, the season before that, who, who, they, who did they face? I think it was Barcelona as well. Wasn't yes, it? Alan, Alan, so, so yeah. back to back Barcelona. because yeah. the, the last two seasons is the first time they would have gone through to the second round and they, they went up against some two a top, top team. So, so mm. it, it's tough. So I, I think they, they are improving in terms of Europe. And they will get it back together again in the in the Premier League. So don't worry, you have, you have a top team. Aguero will find his form, uh, and you will <laughs> go on to, to to do well. So don't worry yet. It, it's yeah, still uh, early. I love I love how Sterling playing. Y- yes, you know, Sterling just fit right in like a glove, like a hand in a glove. And I mean, you know, I, I like that they, they they draw them with Barcelona and all this team because you know, if we want to be the best, we have to beat the best. You know. There's, there's absolutely no way we can go to Europe and, and we want to favor, um, we want to face a certain set of teams because we can run over those teams to go through the second round. And after we go through the second round and start facing the big team, what next? See, you're right. All right. Thanks you for know? the call here. Call us next week again. All right. I will do. All right. Hello. Good morning. Glory, glory, man united. What is this, man? What is this? <laughs> what goes on? How are you doing? Who is this? Zaire. Who? Zaire. Zaire. <laughs> How are you doing, Zaire? Not too bad. You're a Manchester uh, United fan? A long time, man. But okay. I don't, I don't call to talk about that today. Yes. Um, the Platini and um, Setlatter thing. Mm-hmm. Jack Warner, um, Jeffrey Webb. Um, this entire thing is, for me, I think it's going to unravel right down to the last bit. The problem, I think, for... Well, not a problem. I think one of the issues is that a lot of the small fish won't be snared in this in this net that the FBI and the Swiss Federation are trying to use to take down the big guns in FIFA. Um, some of the small fish might get away um, because it's really blatter, platinum and those other big hits. Big hits they're yeah. trying to go. Right. Well, hold on. Um, you, you think? Um, <laughs> let, let me not say. Go ahead. Go on. Continue. <laughs> But the indictment that um that the FBI came out um when was it again? End of May, early June. Yes. Um we really said a whole bunch of co conspirators and stuff. I, I, I am I am I'm worried for one of the co conspirators. If that individual is the person I think that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be a big charge for that individual, but I am worried. And I'm even worried that that person, if I, that person is who I think it is and is affiliated to Jamaica, that might be an issue. But I have no proof, so all of this is, is, is basically speculation, as I said. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, these guys are going to prison. And as Alexandre, um, what's his name again? Barzo. Yes. One of the guys who are part of the thing. As he said, at a meeting that they had in 2000, I think, uh, 13, 
when they are 14 years old and they announce about the Copa, the centenary for Copa America for next year, he said that all of us can go to prison if this basically comes out. And basically it seems that everybody's going to go to prison. Yes, yes indeed. Well, it, it's, it's a very serious thing. The Americans, they, do, they don't... Um, it's the FBI. Yes, the they, FBI. They don't investigate um, loosely and they don't come at you. And, and publicize it like this mm-hmm. unless they, 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 they are certain they build that case for decades for, yes. even if they need to so when they provide you with evidence that this is what we have against you you're just going to just try to ask for leniency and the reason <laughs> they do it is because they want to get you away behind bars as long as possible they don't want the mm-hmm. charge to be too small yes. to get back on, your, on the streets yes. doing what you did before but as you mentioned earlier all of them are old men yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, one, one thing I, I'm concerned with regarding the report locally is that we have not been focusing a lot on the issues with regards to CONCACAF and CSU and how especially Warner and Webb have um, taken a lot of fun, I would say. Possibly not from football, but a whole ton of bribes, allegedly, um, in regards to the renewal of rights for, like, the Champions League, uh, Gold Cup and a whole bunch of stuff and I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars. So and even for the Copa America next year, the figure was like ten million US what we're mm. supposed to get. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> serious it's things we hear in man. As far as I'm concerned, what we did in two years probably almost equal to everything that Jack allegedly did in in, 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 in twenty years. <laughs> it was ridiculous how he was going at it. But but it's your clock. Um we know um um we don't know but we we usually s- speculate about people in in these big positions that a lot of them are are are, are criminals um and they, they like white collar criminals yes white collar criminals what do you think they need to do going forward to ensure that something like this does not ever happen again well see that's going to change a lot of things especially on the ethical side of things in terms of how contracts are signed um how rights especially tv records tv rights um, is like around almost 50% of the revenue that um, FIFA gets yearly. Mm-hmm. So most of these deals for the different champions leagues and the different confederation cups that they have for the different confederation, how they go about signing these deals has to be changed and everything has to be above board. Because there have a lot of um, companies fighting for these rights and a lot of them will try to see in the past if they can. And this thing has to be above board. Because I'm surprised at some of the things that Web said in terms of how he was he's reforming the confederation and stuff and to hear what he did in two years if it's true it's ridiculous all right thanks for the call zaire good as usual mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. talk yeah. well bramble chelsea were held because at the end of the day you know chelsea really should have won that game you know they went behind right. New- newcastle <laughs> did well in the first <laughs> half but the gap between the teams in the second half was huge chelsea completely dominated that second half and should have went on to win the game. Pedro missed a guilt edge opportunity. If that, what would that would have made it two two, or that would have, I'm, I think that, that would have made it two one. But but it, it was it was the early chance. So if if he had taken that chance, I believe that they would have enough time to go on to get the other the other goals. But and then at, even when it was two two, there was a header from Ramirez that the keeper made a fantastic save. But yeah. they dominated long enough at opportunity in that second half to, to win the game. So I think even though the result, um, when you look at the result overall, you say it's disappointing seeing that they didn't start well and it was Newcastle and they were struggling. But I think you can take solace from the wonderful prof- second half performance. It looked like the Chelsea have where they were very dominant. Fabregas was passing well. 
Hazard was lively. So, so overall, I, I think you can think you may still be improving going forward because you beat Arsenal the week before and the second half performance was good. But Chelsea, are, they have been inconsistent all season. Um, but statistically, Mourinho has never won at St. James's Park or direct Sports Direct Arena, whichever name you want to refer to it, refer to it as. But the conspiracy theorists suggest that, you know, some black magic is being worked against Mourinho at St. James's Park because Sir Bobby Robson, everybody remembers Sir Bobby Robson, wanted Mourinho to come with him from Barcelona. But Mourinho turned down the option to go there and instead went to Portugal to work for Benfica instead. So that's the theory. So Mourinho could, have been, Mourinho could have been Newcastle's manager <laughs> somewhere along the line in the career, but he turned that down. All right, 30 seconds, Arsenal performance. Much better, much better, much improved. Theo Walcott is looking a lot better in, in this role as centre forward right now. So I'm glad, I'm glad for that, and I'm glad he really stuck it to all his haters yesterday. Uh, we have a quick call. We take a quick call. No, 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 no. call. One. Okay, okay. All right. Manchester United people, Manchester United fans believe that they will start to play some Barcelona type football going forward. That won't happen. That won't happen. But they this will is play the, better. This is, yes, they will play better. But this is the, the, the um how this is his mandate. The coach. Uh, that is what what he want to do. He want to play like this and get the results. All he cares about is to win the title. And, they and won't. They won't get much better. So Manchester United fans, this is it. You are close to your peak. So if this is what you have to do. So look forward to it. Don't expect you're going to see any Barcelona type football. But you are playing very, very well. And we have to give you credit. And we have to give the manager credit. And the, the player that he signed, he's looking Martial, good. Better yeah, and better. He, he did a score. Well. I like how he, he, he didn't did score and he still played well. So that's a good sign. But we have to relieve it quickly this morning. We can't go over 10 because we have a live report at 10 o'clock. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Peter John, Tony Young, Stanberry, Clive Giordini, Rashid Parchman, and a wonderful main person, Christopher Zanmatios. Until next week, we'll talk again.